You're listening to A Slice of Therapy with me, Alan Parry. Now, when people successfully complete therapy with me, they'll often reflect on their journey and they'll talk about what happened first of all. You know, they'll reflect back on on what it was like to actually come and see me as a therapist in the first place. And one of the things that they'll often say that was like an obstacle is that they'll say, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't really know whether what I'm going through was like a big enough problem to get help with. And that comes up so often when people reflect that people actually question whether they really deserved to be coming to a therapist in the first place and getting that help that they needed. That I thought I'd do an episode about it. So in this episode, I'm going to look at three things. I'm going to look at doubts about the past, doubts about the present, and then I'm going to fast forward into the future as well to really kind of get a better understanding of this very, very common obstacle that people have around your own self-care, I suppose. So let's start off with the past. One of the things that people talk about is, well, they'll ask a question. Well, you know, is is what happened to me really so bad? So they'll they'll be able to identify something that feels like it was somewhat traumatic. And yet, even in the identification of it, they'll doubt themselves. They'll say, yeah, but it is what happened to me really so bad? Am I being kind of, am I overreacting here? Am I being too sensitive? Am I being dramatic? Was it really so bad? Well, the thing is, you see, those kind of messages around, was it really so bad? And am I being dramatic? The thing is, others around that incident or around that history, or around whatever happened to you, others who are around it too, are very likely to downplay it. Because, you know, maybe maybe they don't like the fact that you went through it. And so one of the ways that they soothe themselves is, even with the best of intentions, will try and tell you that it wasn't really so bad. Even though you know that as you went through it, it wasn't good at all. And yet we question ourselves and ask ourselves, well, was it really so bad? And we'll do that comparison thing as well. We'll find other stories, other stories that we find even more difficult than what we went through. And we'll say, well, there you go. It wasn't so bad. And yet the very fact that it's still showing up in your life today, the very fact that it's still taking up some of your mental energy that you could be using on something enjoyable or productive or to pursue your ambitions, the very fact that you're still thinking about this is a good clue, isn't it? 
that actually it was bad enough because it's still touching your life today and still taking up some of your precious mental resources. So that's the first thing that people say. The second is, rather than being in the past and question, was it really so bad? Did, did, was it really that bad what, what happened in the past? They'll look at the present and how it's actually showing up in life now. And they'll say, yeah, but is this really a big enough problem to get help with? And in doing that, Again, the comparison game kind of comes into play. They'll think of all the struggles that people go through in life. And what we tend to do is we'll rank ourselves and we'll say, yeah, but look at all of those kind of struggles. Come on now, is, is mine really a big enough problem to go and get help with? But again... The fact that you're thinking about it means that it must be showing up in life. And if it's showing up in life, then you deserve help with it. You see, the problem with this comparison game where we will draw a list of all the bad things that happen to others or all the problems that other people are going through and put ourselves down near the bottom of that list the difficulty with that is if we use that as a reason not to get the support that we need, then that comparison just isn't helpful. And we, we probably wouldn't use it in many other areas of life. So let's take an example. Let's say I go into my car and I start my car up first time. So it kicks into action straight away. And I think, well, that's great. My car's starting and off I drive. And then I go for the brakes and I notice they're not working. And somehow I managed to stop the car. Thank goodness. But I notice, well, this isn't good. My brakes aren't working. And so I'm just about to phone the garage in order to get a mechanic to come out and look at it. But I notice on Facebook that a friend of mine is saying that their car won't even start. And in fact, they're probably going to have to write it off as scrap. And so I look at that and I think, well, here's me moaning about my brakes. But at least my car starts. Their car won't even start. And they're having to, to kind of put it in for scrap. Mine looks nice and it starts. And, you know, is, is it really a big enough problem? We would never do that, would we, with something like that? We would still make sure that we sorted it out, even if our friend's car was going to scrap. And this is the problem, you see. When we kind of use comparisons in order to give ourselves a reason not to give ourselves help, well, I guess we'd always find that reason. When we say, well, there's always somebody worse off than me, well, there's about 8 billion people on the planet. And there's only one person out of that 8 billion who can't say that. That person who is number 8 billion in terms of troubles 
has got the worst troubles out of everyone. That is the only person on the planet who cannot say that there's somebody worse off than them. And so if everybody said that and meant it, that there's somebody worse off than me, nobody, but nobody would get help with anything. And so the problem with comparison is it means that you don't actually move forward. You don't actually give yourself the help that you need in order to progress and make life better. And in fact, only that person, number eight billion on the list, one person on the planet, by that reckoning, that one person on the planet is the only person who deserves to be helped. And of course, that doesn't really make sense when we think of it in that way. So the third thing, we've looked at the past and we've looked at the present. I want to look at the future. Because one phrase that kind of sticks out for me as I think about that is, and I don't know where this phrase comes from, but it's a very quick sentence, which is we get what we tolerate. And I think that's an interesting one, isn't it? What we tolerate. Because when we just think of problems that are very extreme, we can miss things that are really bugging us, that are really dragging us down, which are really getting in the way of the great life that we want for ourselves. And one of the things isn't just the kind of real pain points, but the stuff that we tolerate. You know, I remember a friend of mine who's a very talented musician and worked in a warehouse and didn't really like working in the warehouse and had this ambition to become a musician. And the problem with working in the warehouse, it was kind of mediocre bad. It was averagely bad. He was tolerating it. And I always had a strange hope for him that things in the warehouse would get worse because I knew that if they got worse for him, then he'd be more likely to leave and pursue his dream, which he actually did in the end, thankfully. But when we merely tolerate things, we can miss the negative effect that they're having. And so we end up getting what we tolerate. And so if you just kind of like, if you were to make a list now of all the places that this problem that you're doubting yourself about, is this really big enough Was it really so bad that happened? But if you make a list now of all the places that this shows up in any way at all, whether it's really bad or whether it's something that you're kind of tolerating through gritted teeth. I wonder what that list would look like. It might be an exercise that you'd like to try. You know, how does it show up in friendships? How does it show up in your life partnerships and your relationships? How does it show up? in your parenting, in your work life? How does it impact your ambitions? How does it impact your self-care, your health, your satisfaction with life? And once you're clear on that, fast forward, say five years into the future, and think, well, if I stick with this approach, that this isn't really a big enough problem, I'm just going to leave it. And all those areas where it's showing up now, where I'm either tolerating it or worse, I'm just going to give that a good five or ten years to run and play out 
and keep getting kind of bigger as a problem. What does that look like in five years time if you still don't give yourself that kind of support and help in whatever form it comes? That if you still don't view that as something that you actually do deserve some help with. You see, we deny the fact that we actually deserve to get our needs met. We deserve to get our needs met. It is something that it would be wonderful if we all kind of realised that our needs deserve to be met. And one of the things that comes up to me as I talk to you now is there's a funny bit of research that is really quite strange and that is when researchers look at the improvements people make in therapy, there's a funny improvement that is really difficult to explain. And that is between the point at which the person makes the appointment with the therapist and then seeing the therapist for the first time. So in that space between making the appointment and attending the appointment, people tend to improve. Now, it's an odd thing, this, because they've not seen the therapist at all yet, and yet they improve simply by making the booking. And and people are puzzled by this. Like, how on earth can people improve when they've not even seen the therapist? But the way I see it is that by simply taking that action, and it might not be that action, it might be some other action instead, but this is the one that the researchers looked at, by simply taking that action, by booking the appointment, that action in itself is you breaking that script that says that you don't deserve help, that you deserve to tolerate this in your life, that you deserve to keep putting up with this problem that started back then that you doubt, was it really so bad? And so as you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but is it really so bad? And is it really big enough? Shouldn't I tolerate this? Shouldn't I continue to tolerate it? Shouldn't I carry on letting this problem grow and keep impacting my life this year and the next year and the year after that, and yay, way until the future. When that action takes place where they pick up the phone or they they get online and they book, whatever they happen to do, I think that the reason why people improve at that point is that in that one action, even before the work starts, they cast off that script that says... I don't deserve to be helped with this. I don't deserve to have my needs met. I don't deserve to let this go. I don't deserve to heal this. And in that action, that script is cast off. And so a quick recap, we've looked at three key things here, all based around that sense that is very common, that obstacle for getting help, whether it be therapy or in some other way. And that's, was it really so bad from the past? Is it really a big enough problem now from the present? And we saw that both of those depend on that comparison game that you would never use with your car. Well, my brakes aren't aren't operating at the moment. 
But, you know, my friend's car isn't starting at all, so is it really that big a problem? We wouldn't do that in other areas of life. And then we looked at that thing in the future about that list of things that we tolerate that just drag us down. And looked at what that impact will be, say, five, ten years from now. And how the research shows that simply taking actions on our own behalf, that simply taking an action that is for our own benefit actually helps to dislodge that old script that says, actually, this this isn't something that you deserve. Solving these problems and living the life that you want isn't something you deserve. But taking that action on behalf of ourselves is the first step to dislodging it. And of course, remember that that phrase of there's somebody worse off than me, every single person on the planet but one can say it. And so my hope is that however you decide to start working on these things that are showing up in life, whether it's through somebody like me, a therapist, or whether you find some other way of doing it, my hope is that you will actually look at the things that you're tolerating and you will answer that question, is this really a big enough problem to get help with? With a really firm yes. Because your needs matter and your your needs deserve to get met. So if you found this helpful at all, please share it so other people can get the benefits as well. If you do decide that you'd like to work with someone, you might want to work with me. And you can find out more about me, Alan Parry, at liverpoolpsychotherapy.co.uk. And subscribe to the podcast because it's free and it means that you'll never miss an episode again. So thanks very much for listening and I'll see you on the next one.